For February 6th, 2020, it's the Lullaby Podcast. It's the Lullabot Podcast, episode 245. I'm Matt Clee, the senior developer at Lullabot. With me, as always, co-host of the show, senior front-end dev, Mike Herschel. Hey, Mike. Hey, Matt Cleave. How are you doing? Uh, pretty darn good. I think we're on top of things or something or have a really good New Year's resolution working because we seem to be uh, getting these out more often than we did at the end of last year, huh? Yeah, and we're going to keep it up. The because goal that's... is every other week right that's that's kind of ambitious but yeah 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 but uh, i can i can i can do that i i I, and i think we're gonna start off the the year pretty well we started off strong right Mm -hmm. and we're we're continuing um we kind of have an interesting topic today a lot of times we pile the podcast with a bunch of guests and uh it's sometimes hard to like keep track of who's talking and what they have to say and they're all saying such great things but today we're uh we're two on one with us today, we have a maintainer of many of your favorite Drupal modules, such as File Entity Browser, Content Browser, Entity Browser Block, and a bunch of others, including what we're talking about today. He also works to keep Drupal Core and contributing modules secure with his role in the Drupal security team from Portland, Oregon. Welcome, Sam Martinson. How are you doing? Good. Thanks for having me. Sam, glad you're here. And we haven't really even mentioned what we're talking about today. We've been really mysterious, Mike. I think it was because neither of us wanted to mispronounce it. I I learned how to pronounce it like five minutes ago when Sam told me. So is it is it Tomei like Marissa Tomei? No. Is it Tomi? Neither. No, it's Tome. 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 That's right. And you know, I I I plugged it into Google real quick, and Google Mm -hmm. was smarter than me, and it told me that it was a, a word that meant a book, a large, heavy, scholarly book. Is, is, is that the origin of, of the name that you chose, Sam? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of like, you know, it's a static site generator, and so it generates mm-hmm. a lot of pages, like a big book. Yeah. Um, and there's also like a, a kind of offhand Japanese word root called tome, which means like to stop. So it's kind of like stopping your site or making your site static. Oh, wait, so, hang on. That's tome, though. I know. Huh. I know that, but, it, <laughs> but you should call it Tome, I think, because okay. my Japanese isn't great, and I wouldn't want to so advertise ta- something that's dumb. So. so this is something that that you you built, Sam, Tome. Yeah, I, I built it all myself, all in my free time. Awesome. So tell me, uh, so it's a static site generator. We've kind of given that away, which means we have a Drupal site and it's up and running and it's awesome. But I just want to make HTML pages for it, so I go get the Tome module. Is that how this works? Yeah, um, like everything in Drupal, uh, it's never that simple. Yeah. <laughs> so so Tome kind of does two things. Um, one is it generates static HTML. So there's a sub-module called Tome Static, and that's all it does. It can take any Drupal 8 site, hypothetically, uh, and generate a copy of it as static HTML. Um, the other part of it, which is Tome Sync, uh, lets you store all of your content and config and files in your Git repository just like you would if you were using Jekyll or Gatsby. Um, so that's like the, the most new thing. And so basically what that means is that you can run Drupal temporarily on your local machine or maybe on like a temporary container on some cloud. You can make your edits and then you can shut down Drupal and just commit your changes. So uh, it basically means your production site is static HTML and even your editing site is this temporary thing that you don't have to c- 
care about paying maintenance costs for or doing security updates for. Um, yeah, so that's the... And security is kind of the, the real bonus, right, with, with Tome and having a static site compared to Drupal. Because with Drupal, you have, you know, a large attack service. You, you're, you're running PHP, you're running a database, and um, those things might have problems as well as the code that's there. And um, if you just are serving HTML, that's something that's fairly tried and true and, and you know, less of an attack vector. Would you agree? Yeah, and if you think about you know simple sites you may have worked on, a lot of times they're microsites or marketing sites. Sometimes even EDU sites can be pretty static. Um, you're basically paying for Drupal hosting for like just serving cache content. Like there is no authenticated user experience besides the content editing. There's nothing really that complicated the site does. So you're leaving yourself open to attacks, and you're paying money monthly for a site that is essentially static to the end user. Yeah. Well, that makes a lot of sense. How long does it take to to read to say generate you know the the static assets for a site? Say if I have a site that maybe has, I don't know, but I think if I were to guess, Lullabot has maybe like three thousand ish nodes, maybe five thousand nodes. Well, what would you guess on that? Yeah, I would guess about five minutes, and okay. that's based on this project I have called Big Tome which is me testing out the performance limits of the project. And to me, it becomes like very unergonomic when you have more than 10,000 nodes. Um, mm -hmm. So I so 10,000 nodes takes about 10 minutes on like a really beefy computer doing a lot of parallel tasks. So I would say 5,000 should be should be about five minutes. Okay, so we started talking about terms of in terms of things in terms of nodes, which I think is problematic within Drupal because not every URL that a user is going to visit is actually the display of a node. You know, there's a billion things out there that give the user something to look at. So, how does Tome find everything? Yeah, so when I initially built it, um, how it worked, and this is how the initial build works still, is that it basically finds every entity on your site. It doesn't load them for performance reasons. Like you can't entity load multiple 10,000 nodes. Like your site will crash if you've ever done that. And so what it does is it gets every entity ID and it gets these placeholder paths to say, I want to generate whatever is on node one's alias, even though I don't know where that is yet. And so it gets a list of every entity that is accessible to anonymous users. Um, because it's Drupal 8, it also gets every route that's available to it. And so routes are things like view URLs are actually routes. They're not like entity paths. Um, and then, yeah, and it basically... Because, because a, a view is, a, is an entity, right? So it's getting indexed as well as, as a part of this process? Yeah, yeah. So basically okay. it tries to assume without even loading the site, what are all the paths that are probably on your site? And then it goes through and batches those in parallel. Um, but what I realized is that people's sites are complicated and Tome will miss some paths on that first process. So then it actually does do a traditional crawling from that point forward. So if you have some path to a PDF, that's like just a link in an anchor tag, Tome would never be aware that you wanted that generated. It's just a random file on your site. Yeah. So now it'll actually crawl that and spider it just like a traditional spider. I didn't want to do spidering, but um, it does both now. So. so if we're going to end up spidering in any way, why don't we just run our sync and call it good? Yeah, great question. Um, so someone actually asked this like in the official uh, Tome repository, and I had to think for a bit about it. Or, or wget my, or something like that. Yeah, wget recursive is, yeah. Mm -hmm. is great and would probably work for this too. Um, I think the main difference is that 
wget recursive is only a spider. So it has to start on your front page. And then if you imagine this amazing tree that pops out of your front page for all your paths, um, if you run something in parallel, like a spider, it has to know what paths to run in parallel, if that makes sense. So if the homepage only has 20 links, it can only do 20 tasks in parallel for the next tree of the spider. Um, for Tome, it knows like, you know, all 5,000 nodes right away. So it can actually spawn concurrent tasks to process every node at once if your computer is like insanely fast. Um, so that's the first reason it's faster. Um, another reason is that it's cached. And so Tome Static uses Drupal caching, like traditional cache tags, and it knows when paths are invalidated. So if you run the same build twice, the second build should have a lot less paths, almost none. Um, because it already knows that nothing has changed since that first build you ran. Um, so it's faster than wget, it's cached, um, and it also runs in Drupal. And so the, the cool thing it does, which sometimes leads to bugs, is that in one Drupal bootstrap, so in one like PHP process, it'll process multiple paths. Uh, this is like not possible in a spider because the spider is just hitting a web server or some CDN and then whatever is determining it. But this actually will spin up Drupal once, process like five or 10 paths and then spin it down. So that's like a big performance increase as well. Talk a little bit about where this is running. If we're deploying HTML, if that's the end game, um, are we running Tome locally? Are we running it on the server? I, I, I'm not exactly sure exactly what, what the main path to use it would be. Yeah, so like I mentioned uh, earlier, you know, it's kind of a complicated project because it has these two halves that make up this whole Tome experience. So if you, um, if you are using both parts, which means your Git repository has every node committed as JSON, all your config is YAML, all your uploaded files, um, what you can do is have a, C, uh, a CI process run that will check out your Git repository. It'll actually install Drupal from scratch with Tome, uh, get all your content imported basically, and then it'll run the static build on the CI. So it's kind of like a stateless build without a persistent Drupal site. Um, that's the full one. And then if you just want to use Tome static, which would be, let's say you already have a Pantheon subscription and you like it and you don't know what I'm talking about with storing stuff in Git, that's fine. Um, your Pantheon subscription can just have Tome static running persistently. Um, and it would actually run on that server, either via Drush command or cron um, or through the UI. So. Is there any benefit to doing that? Like for a, for a host like Pantheon, I mean, Pantheon is gonna, is gonna cache your, your front end HTML, you know, on under CDN and probably in varnish or something like that. Would there be any benefit of running Tome HTML on something like Pantheon or Acquia? Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of that same performance security trade off uh, we were talking about earlier. Where with Tome you could have the cheapest subscription you could possibly buy. Um, it only has to scale to how many content editors you have and how big your Tome static build is, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So you're no, you're no longer scaling for traffic in like the Drupal subscription. You're scaling for um, authenticated editors and and what Tome static does. So that's cheaper. And then, you know, even though Pantheon and Aqua make it easy to update, you're still leaving your site vulnerable and you still have to deal with automating updates across what could be thousands of microsites. And so Tome can let you do things like lock down your production environment to only um, authenticated users or you know, obfuscate that URL so much that no one can find it. And uh, end users, the public, are only accessing your static site. So it still has that security benefit. Um, yeah. And as it turns out, something like Apache can serve HTML files really fast. 
Yeah, yeah, and with rewrite rules, it's really easy to say something like, if the path isn't admin or node slash edit, serve it from this HTML folder. Oh, so. yeah, I could see. That, that could be a really slick setup. So how does Tome work with, uh, I don't know, like Ajax operations, like say like views Ajax, the Ajax pager in views or something like that? Yeah, it basically doesn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. So and the reason for that is that when you're running a static site, there is no backend. And especially with Tome, there is no publicly accessible Drupal backend. Um, of course, you could engineer your own solution where maybe you expose part of a Drupal backend to serve these kind of dynamic experiences. But what I would recommend for performance and cost reasons is just using JavaScript and using something else for your dynamic bits. And so that could be a third-party service, like let's say a service that like lets you spit contact forms, or it could be uh, a third-party JavaScript-based search service. Um, there's a lot of those, and Tome actually has a built-in integration with Lunar, which is a JavaScript-based search index. Um, so you can have a full-text search with Tome. It's just all done in JavaScript on the client side. Wait, this JavaScript so. search index is called Lunar? Is that a nod to Solar? Yeah, I think their slogan okay. is, like Solar, but not as bright, because it's <laughs> obviously not. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So it, it sounds like uh, so a lot of the same problems that are hard when it comes to decoupling would also be hard on this front. Like Mike mentioned, you know, interesting Ajax things or um, which you would, you know, then do on your front end. But things like forms as well would be you'd have to figure out a different way to handle. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, this I've I realized, like, as soon as I started building this, that these are like going to be blockers. So. On the Tome website, there's some documentation for this. So obviously, I've created the Lunar module, which lets you make um, a search page with like no custom code. It's just kind of like building a normal search index with Search API. Uh, and the other thing with forms, this is the only integration built in, is if you're hosting your site on Netlify, they have a free forms integration that's really slick. If you just add this attribute to your form tag in HTML called Netlify, it somehow automatically knows that when that gets submit, um, I'm actually just going to send all the contents of that form to like a random table in the Netlify interface. So it, it has like the dumbest, easiest form integration. So there's also a module for that. And literally all the module does is add an attribute to your form tags that uh, submits it to Netlify. So that's pretty slick. Yeah, it was cool. I'm like, wow, I don't have to do any work at all. That's my dream. <laughs> I just pulled up the project page. It says that you last committed 18 hours ago and the first commit was a year ago. So this is something that's been going for a little while now. Yeah. Yeah, and it's great. And, and you know, I think Tome has something like 200 users, um, which is not a lot. Uh, my biggest project is something like 15,000 and I barely maintain it. <laughs> um but it means that all 200 of those users are running a, a website with Tome. Like Tome is integral to how they run their website. Uh, it's not a tertiary module or like an enhancement, which um, which is cool to me. So you you maintain enough modules, you might know the answer. How accurate are those numbers? Do we do we believe 219 because not everybody has to report back, right? Yep, it's it's hard to say if they're low or high. I, I would say they're always low because you have to have the update module enabled, and it has to be reporting into Drupal.org. So that, to me, that means it's low. The reason some people say it's high is that if you have a CI process that does that, or you have a like a lot of dev or stage environments, those are all reporting in two as if they were production users. So yeah. they're kind of messed up. It's it's just a ballpark. I think. 
I can tell you that the downloads uh, that's directly under that number, like at least for my module, the QuickLink module has just been static. It hasn't changed in something like six months. And like since then, there's been like a release, and I know that's that's had to change. Mike, I'm and, gonna go download it right now. Yeah, thank you. Um, but so like the downloads is I don't know if that's broken or not. Maybe I should open an issue. But that's that's a little bit outside the scope of this. <laughs> I was just curious. I, I, I yeah. I, it just seems like it's it's kind of a, a project that could be useful to a lot of people. And then I hear 200, and I think, huh. But you also think real. that, like, all right, that 219, but the they're at the actual Drupal part of that does not need to be active. You know, they might be using Drupal maybe once a month on their local to, to upload static HTML, so it doesn't have the chance to report back. Okay, Mike, you have 9,614 downloads. I'm, I'm, yeah, down, I'm downloading it right now. It's been like that for six months, six-ish months. <laughs> Okay. Because I was looking, I was trying to eclipse that 10,000 download barrier and it's just been Are so they going to send you a golden drop? That's how it works, yeah. yeah. If you get yeah. 10,000 downloads or something? Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> We're talking Tome, a Drupal static site generator um, that seems to be pretty cool. Um, we're talking with the <laughs> maintainer, the creator of the module, Sam Mortensen, on the Lullabot podcast coming up right after this. We'll hear what else he has to tell us about it. <laughs> that was really awkward. That was weird. And you're like, it seems to be pretty cool. Well, that's because I didn't know anything about it. Well, now you know something about it. Hey, it's Avi from MidCamp. How are you doing, Avi? I'm doing great. How are you guys? Pretty good. So, hey, I hear you have a conference coming up. We do. It's uh, it's MidCamp in Chicago, March 18th through the 21st. I remember some, t I don't know, t almost 10 years ago when we were in Chicago in March and they dyed the river green. They do. It's super amazing. Um, the <laughs> Saturday before our camp, um, they dyed the river green. Uh, it's St. Patrick's Day in Chicago. It's a, it's a huge festival. Um, there's going to be parades. There's going to be the river dying. Um, we're going to work on organizing some trips to, to get people out for that if they come in early. Um, nice. Our, uh, our, our tagline this year is uh, come for the river dying and stay for the community. <laughs> That'll be fun. So what are you, what are you expecting at, at the camp? Wednesday the 18th, um, we've got uh, paid trainings and uh, a couple summits. Thursday, Friday, we've got a lot of great sessions um, that are all picked and accepted and up on the website. Uh, and then Saturday is um, is our contribution day. We've got some socials going on too. We've got a game night on Thursday that are, that's always super fun. So it should be a great time. Cool. Well, thanks for coming on and telling us about it. What's your website again? The website is midcamp.org. Um, we've got ticket info up there, sponsor information, um, and all of the sessions and details. So come on down. Welcome back. We are talking... Home static site generators with Sam Martinson. Hey Sam, so one thing you mentioned was this is something that you've been doing in your spare time. Why is Tome something that you uh, cared about and wanted to make happen? Yeah, so I'm on the security team, which you mentioned earlier, and I've been on it for a while, maybe like four years. And through that, you know, I've learned that Drupal has a lot of security problems. I wouldn't say that it's inherently insecure, but obviously doing security updates is a part of every Drupal administrator's life. 
And the part of that that's hard is that, you know, platforms will have all this automation to help out. I actually worked on the automation for updates at Acquia, so I know it can go really well. But if you're running these small, simple sites uh, and you have a lot of them, like let's say hundreds or thousands, the, the, the argument for using Drupal kind of falls apart when you have to sit around and do updates every month for thousands of sites that are basically static anyway. And so I kind of saw this need from a security perspective. And then from a personal perspective, I had Drupal sites that I wanted to make uh, that I didn't want to pay for because for most of my projects, I'm very cheap uh, and I do like using Drupal and there's no real option out there that's free Drupal hosting uh, for life with no security updates, right? It just doesn't exist. And so I was excited about those things and I had also, yeah use static site generators for myself. Like my blog is run using Jekyll. I've used Gatsby quite a bit. Uh, and so I'm like, why can't Drupal do this? You know, why, why are we left out of the static site uh, fun? So. so what's, what's to stop someone from like, I don't know, firing up a free Tugboat instance, which is available on tugboat.qa, uh, installing Drupal, uploading a database, importing their config, and using Tome and ho and throwing having it go to Netlify is, is anything. Well, is what, anything? what was that last part, Mike? I'm not familiar with the word you just said. Netlify? Do you know what Netlify is? No, I don't. Netlify is a host, like a uh, kind of an application host. You can host static, uh, static and dynamic uh, websites. And when okay. I say dynamic, like mostly like maybe like node based stuff. But uh, static, you can just throw up. HTML. I think you can use your own domain for free. Netlify. Not, yeah, and it's pretty cheap, and it has and it, and it has like super good integration with things like GitHub and Bitbucket and things like that. And they're now sending you a paycheck. <laughs> uh, uh, we're not that cool. I wish. I wish. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I mean, so so it sounds like what you're saying, Mike, is that you're going to build Drupal somewhere, use Tome, and then deploy it somewhere else. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Is, is, is that a recipe for success? Yeah, I would say. <laughs> All right. Um, I mean, I've, I've tested that on a lot of hosts, um, and it works fine. And actually, that Tome Netlify module we were talking about earlier that handles form submissions mm -hmm. also handles deploying directly from your Drupal instance to Netlify, which is something that was built just for people that are hosting Drupal and not using, like, Tome just on their local machines. And so all the software is already set up for you to do that. So mm -hmm. go for it. Yeah. And to be clear, I, did, I heard you say Netlify before, but I was not smart enough to ask the question then. So <laughs> I'm, I'm glad we got that <laughs> taken care of. <laughs> okay. Um, so who, who is using this? Like, have you heard from any of those folks that have reached out and said, this is how we're doing it and it's awesome? Yeah. Um, I will say because it's the Drupal community, most people reach out to me with questions like, can I use Tome uh, as like a better varnish on my existing site? Or can I use Ooh. Tome for like running tests? Like, you know, Drupal, people that use Drupal have such big brains. They can't, they, it's kind of hard for them to. Well, that's almost similar to the way Boost used to work, right? Yes, it, that's exactly how Boost works. I, re I remember Boost. I used to use that. I don't, it might still yeah, exist. For, I don't know. Not in Drupal 8, but it does exist. And just for context, that was a module in, in Drupal 7 that basically generated mm -hmm. static HTML for your site. And if it could serve a cached page from your static HTML directory, it would. So it was kind of like free varnish, maybe is the best way to describe it. 
Um, okay. Yeah. In terms of users, uh, I use it. So the Tome website, tome.fyi, uses it. Uh, it's a site that I built basically from scratch. It mostly uses Drupal core. It has a landing page. It has documentation for the module. Um, so that was cool. Another site that uses it is one I maintain called poopPDX.com. Uh, and this is a bathroom review site for Portland, Oregon bathrooms. Um, and this one's fun to look at. Uh, maybe We're not gonna... for content, but for the search. It actually has that lunar search module integration, so you can do full text search. We're going to be linking to that from the show notes for everyone that's uh, interested here. I'm on it right now. And, 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 and so it's like basically a blog site, and then you have pictures of various commodes and toilets with dates and if this is static how can i add my review yeah it's a good question i think i did kind of have that ambition of being like oh i'm going to make a mobile app and it's going to <laughs> let anyone review but i just thought of the headache and the fact that this has no profit model and so right now it's just me and my friends that <laughs> and the logo is a brown rose <laughs> yeah <laughs> okay and and you're you're scoring these bathrooms based on the fart system whether oh, yeah. their facilities ex accessibility their rankness and their toilet paper i think all important things <laughs> so yeah, the I'm search very proud of this of this site the search seems to work fairly well does it download the full search index into like with a json file and then that's performed locally or is it done uh is it done on like the JavaScript main thread or like, like will that search? Basically what I'm asking is will the search work if, if it's, you know, looking through, through thousands of items? Yeah. So uh, yeah. So for how it works, basically what it does is it uses this lunar project uh, to pre compile the search index. So your client isn't building a search index. It does just download it. Uh, and then it runs it in your client in a web worker. So it shouldn't block the main ah. thread, but that doesn't mean it, it won't be slow to load. Uh, and then once it's loaded, if you do a search, if you view your network inspector later, you can kind of see it happen. But when you find search results, it'll do more Ajax requests to get the actual content, like your little like preview for the search row. Mm -hmm. uh, so yeah, it does all sorts of stuff for performance, but I will say that there's an upper limit. And once you reach I don't know. I've even a few thousand, you know, you don't want to keep your users waiting more than a few seconds to search. So it's it's kind of up to you, but it does function uh, even for that big tome 10,000 node site. I wouldn't recommend it, but it does work. So I also like how the background is like subway tiles. Yep. Yeah, I, I remember when you so. mentioned that uh, 10,000 number. That was just kind of a timing thing though, wasn't it? Like you could continue to add more paths and it would be fine, right? Or am I wrong? Yeah, totally. I mean, I've built it. I mean, I shouldn't be so confident in my code, but I, I did build it to scale up as long as you have memory, okay. enough memory to do it. And every process that Tome runs with Drush uh, is using concurrency. It isn't using, it's using something like batching, but um, a little faster to uh, to run. And so it can scale up however much you want. It's just, you probably don't want to sit around waiting for like a 10 minute build. If you change like the title of one node, for instance, it would be hard to find a workflow that would feel good for your content editors and for everyone involved. So I don't yeah. know when I run composer update and <laughs> import all my config and uh, yeah, you know, do all that you stuff, know, you, I, I end up going under... to get a cup of coffee anyway. So 
your editors aren't running composer updates. <laughs> no, you're right. Guy. I'm just changing branches. Yeah. Yeah, ho- ho- <laughs> hopefully they're not. Is, is there something within the tone module that when I hit that submit button, it triggers something which then triggers the static build? Yeah. Yeah. So you're asking if there's a user interface? Well, yeah. Well, well, not so much for the user interface, but like like some automatic triggering. So if I update a node or create a new node, it's going to regenerate anything, everything. Oh, I see. So what I would recommend for that is using cron. So there's a submodule called Tome Static Cron that okay. will just continually run builds. The tricky part about saying when I click save, generate the static page, is that Drupal is complicated. So you may think that you only edited node one. But node one actually appears on a lot of paths. It appears on yeah. node slash one, its alias, other URL aliases. Uh, maybe the homepage has a view. Maybe search indexes need rebuilt. So it's it's never as simple in Drupal as saying just regenerate slash blog one or something like that. So um, that's why Tome doesn't do that, where you click save and it just automatically does it for you. So here's a question for you. So like, yeah, there's a bunch of aliases for every single node. But is there a way to say disable? Say I don't want to generate aliases on node slash asterisks. Yeah, just to like save you some time, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, something like that, where, where you could maybe configure it to say I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to, you know, worry about these aliases, and you know, I'll handle this by doing Apache rewrites or I don't know, or or something like that. I don't know. Yeah. So. One thing is that if Tom finds a redirect, it will just write out that little like redirect meta tag. Um, Interesting. The other thing is you can exclude paths arbitrarily with a settings.php setting, which is documented on the Tome site. Um, mm-hmm. And then if you want to get more complicated, like you have some more dynamic logic to exclude paths, you, in a custom module, there's an event subscriber you can use to exclude paths as they're generated. So there's a lot of options. OK. We mentioned a little bit about Netlify and like the form integration, but are there any other type of like deployment options that are integrated or any, anything else? Yeah, there's nothing that I've written for you, but people yeah. have written blogs about deploying to S3, which seems like a really easy target because a lot mm-hmm. of people already use that for static sites. And so um, I can add links later, but yeah, someone has blogged about their experience using Tome to rewrite their blog and they even did their own. Um, search their own like form integration, like all of this stuff they wanted to do from scratch on AWS, uh, which I am way too lazy to do. So mm-hmm. um, their blog is a great reference for that. I think it's called Badzilla is the blog. Let's talk a little bit about uh, Tome Sync, which we uh, mentioned earlier, but um, it kind of flips the script and runs things a little bit differently. So we're syncing a, a Drupal install, essentially. Explain what's going on there. Yeah, so... One big difference between Drupal being a static site, uh, just generating static HTML, and all these other static generators is that if you use Jekyll or you use Gatsby, you might know that you actually commit your content into your repo too. So usually this is like a markdown file that has some fields for your blog and then you know your actual markdown content. And so I wanted the same experience for Drupal where when you use Drupal, especially for like a personal site, uh, you spin it up locally you do your edits and maybe generate static HTML, and then you spin it down and you don't have to worry about where it lives or about a persistent database or anything like that. And so this is what Tome Sync does for you. And how it works is 
Um, every time you edit content, it will, or delete content or whatever, it'll output those changes to a JSON file that lives in your site. And that JSON file, if you've ever used REST API or JSON API, it looks a lot like that. It's the normalized version of your node or entity. Uh, and it contains all your fields. It's like really normal. It's not very human readable. It's more like machine food, but that's fine because you're using Drupal to edit it anyway. Um, so it gets output there. When you edit config, it gets output to your config YAML, which you're probably used to. And when you upload a file, it places that original file in a different files directory that you can commit also. Um, and so what that lets you do, especially for sites I maintain, I do this, and other people that have used it for personal blogs do this, is that um, when I want to write a blog post, I you know, check on my repo. I install Drupal from scratch. The site looks just like it should. I make an edit. I commit that change. And then the CI build will actually generate the static HTML. Um, so I don't have to worry about any of the questions we've had about static HTML generation. It's all done somewhere else. And all I'm doing is using Drupal locally. Yep. So Sam, um, if I wanted to get started with Tome, how would, how would I do that? Like, where, where do I go first? Yeah, so as I mentioned earlier, there's a Tome site running that is the site for Tome, if you can wrap your mind around that. It's tome.fyi. It's mostly just documentation. Uh, and if you go there, the first documentation you can read is getting started. And this will take you through making a site from scratch uh, using a, a Drupal project build that is specific to Tome. And this will take you from setting up a Git repo uh, to editing your first piece of content, to committing that content change. So it also kind of functions as a really nice demo for all of Tome's features. So I usually say that people should use that. Um, if you have an existing Drupal site and you want to try out Tome, it's a bit easier. All you have to do is download Tome to your site so you can compose or require it. Just enable Tome static. So that's the part that just does static site generation. Um, and then you just run drush Tome colon static and a static site will be output somewhere. Um, there's more documentation on maybe some settings you want to configure so you can know you're writing to the right directory and generating a site for the right base URL. Uh, but that's a really quick way to try it out. And it's kind of fun because on complicated sites, uh, Tome usually runs into some issues. It's not a perfect project, and I would love to see your bug submitted. So this is Sam Mortensen, and I'm here to talk about Tome. There you are. Static site generator. I Hello. <laughs> I went to uh, um, before we jump the uh, tome.fyi, and there's a screencast and all kinds of cool stuff here. So. <laughs> all right. I, I, um, I was also a little blown away that FYI was a top-level domain. I, I hadn't realized that one. Mm. Yeah, I got bug reports from India for the first like few months because they're like, that TLD doesn't work here. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> you can't can't view my site. So is that just their DNS the DNS they were using didn't Yeah, I guess pick so. Up FYI changes? Huh. Yeah. Okay. It's kind of messed up. You'd think that the internet should have a very similar DNS around the world. You see, Mike, it's a series of tubes. <laughs> ah. Tubes aren't going to the FYI Correct. depot. Yeah. So if someone is looking to help out or wants to make changes or something like that, like how how can they help you out? Yeah, with Tome, I feel like the thing I want the most is production users. Uh, okay. You know, you can guess that the 200 users out there are all using it for their site, but I only know of something like 20 sites that use Tome, uh, not mm -hmm. including Tome. 
And the more sites that use it, the more bugs we find, the more we can improve performance and get more documentation for more bespoke creative hosting options. So that's what I would like. Build your blog or build a fun small Drupal site at no cost and no risk with Tome. Um, the other thing that would be great is there are a few open Tome issues. So if you go to drupal.org slash project slash Tome, contribute mm -hmm. there. Uh, and the next thing is that that Tome website, tome.fyi, is open source. Um, and you can check it out right now, install Drupal locally, and make edits, and commit them, and do a pull request, just like you would with any other repo, except you're doing a pull request for content changes, not for code. Uh, so that would be great if you want to edit documentation, or translate documentation, or add documentation. Uh, feel free. Interesting. And and so you were saying earlier you host or, or you don't host, but you maintain many other modules and, and you during it, it during the break you were saying that you were looking for co-maintainers. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, at, at some point after realizing I maintain something like 10 or 15 modules, yeah. uh, I realized that I have neither the passion nor time to really give <laughs> give my best full attention to each one. And so I marked almost every project as seeking co-maintainers. And what that means is that anyone can reach out to me and ask to co-maintain the project. And I'll talk to you about what it takes to do that. Normally, all you have to do is show me that you can do the work. Mm -hmm. So go into an issue queue, submit a patch, review a patch, uh, mark a patch as RTBC so I can commit it. And after we have a rapport, even over a short amount of time, I'd be happy to add anyone. Uh, so this is cool, not just for your experience, but also your organization on Drupal.org will get that project listed uh, as like they help fund or contribute to this project. And so it's it's good for everyone involved. So uh, I would like to volunteer Matt Cleave. Oh, great. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, what am I volunteering to? I don't know. Some, I was looking through some of these these modules here, so I, I don't know if I picked out the the most popular one. But File Entity Browser here has uh, uh, two hundred forty five thousand downloads, Mike. So they, they get the Palladium drop. Button. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of popular stuff that uh, gets used by the community fairly often with that seeking mm -hmm. co-maintainers. So sounds like Sam's a you know nice person. You should reach out. See what you can do, especially cool. if you use the module. One thing I just thought of is, Mike, you maintain something called Quick Link, right? I do, yeah. Yeah, so as I was trying to build uh, Tome sites that were really high-performing, I tried that out, and it totally works with Tome. So there's, nice. a, there's a plug for one of your modules, too, if you want a little fun performance boost. Yeah, yeah. So for those that don't know, what Quick Link does is it, it loads a JavaScript library, and the JavaScript library will look through all the hyperlinks uh, that's in the viewport of, of your monitor, and it will tell the browser to download the HTML from all those modules. All those and links. basically, yeah, 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 I yeah. see links, thank you, and store it in the, in the browser cache. And it happens in the background, and it waits till like, you know, there's, uh, I think, like, like request idle callback or something like that, and it works really well. So yeah, I would guess that would work with Tome fairly well because yeah, it um, it's it's mostly client side. So yeah, that's awesome. And it wouldn't be bootstrapping Drupal, so your server wouldn't cry when it loaded seventeen Drupal pages at once. 
Well, yeah. So, so the way that the module works, if, it, if you do have Drupal installed, is it makes sure that caching is enabled and it also doesn't, it disables itself if you're authenticated and ah, it doesn't. Good. So no crying. Awesome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, and also it doesn't, it, it's explicitly denies itself from admin paths and everything like that. Yeah. Very good. Cool. Well, thanks for uh, thanks for plugging my module. <laughs> Maybe I'll get that one other one other download to to knock it up one level. <laughs> Is there anything else we should be uh, talking about about Tome there, Sam? Or as we point toward wrapping this up, anything else you want to add? Uh, no. I mean, really, just trying the module out, um, seeing what it's like to commit content to code, because I guarantee that's new to every Drupaler out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all that stuff, you know, I think the main thing is a lot of people are interested in it, but just taking that step to take, you know, 15, 20 minutes out of your day and try it is hard. But if you can do it, that would be great. So, Well, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast and talking about it. And, and I'd also like to thank you for all of your free open source software contributions, because it's people like you that make Drupal such a powerful, you know, system, ecosystem and community. Thank you. Thank you.